welcome to everyone this morning. And if you are a guest with us today, we are so happy to have you in service with us. And uh, I know my wife beat me to the punch, but I just have to say how wonderful it is to see my grandmother in service today. She has been being very cautious, understandably so, and this is her first service inside. She was outside a couple times, but it is so wonderful to see her here today. And again, those of you that um, are watching this morning, especially those of you, well, not especially, but including those of you who would be here if it were not for the limitations on the crowd. We haven't forgotten about you, and hopefully some of you we will see you this evening. And to anyone else that may be watching this morning, we pray that you are blessed by what takes place here, because God is the same wherever you are as He is here. Amen. Praise God. Acts chapter 27, I'm going to read several verses, so if you will... Just bear with me a few moments as you remain standing. And then, as always, I'll make a deal. You sit down and I'll keep standing. So, is that that an okay deal? Acts 27 and verse number 9. Now, when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them. And said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Skipping down to verse number 40. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoist up the man, the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. And then one other verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 25. Paul says this. This is actually in in a list of circumstances, difficulties Paul had been through. And so this is a part of that list 
Three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep. You'll perhaps understand this title a little bit more in a few minutes. But I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. There's a plank. There's a plank. No, not an exercise for you to do. That's, that's the new plank. There's a plank. God, thank you so much for your presence. I know you're here. I know every time we gather together, you're here because your word promises that if we gather in your name, that you will be in the midst. But God, it seems like there are some times that we... We recognize that and we feel that even more. And I feel like today is one of those days and I thank you for that. And I believe, God, that you have already ministered. Your spirit has already ministered. You've ministered through the songs we've sung during our worship. But I believe you want to continue to minister in this service. So I pray now, God, that through your word you would speak. Not a sermon from a man, God, but a word that would come from you to touch somebody's heart and life today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Just to give you a little more context of what's going on here, Paul has been taken prisoner in Acts chapter 26, he, he was brought before King Agrippa and he gives King Agrippa his testimony, the story of what had taken place in his life and, and King Agrippa responds with a, I think in some ways a very profound and saddening statement because after hearing Paul's testimony, King Agrippa responds and says, almost you persuade me to become a Christian. Almost. Man, I've heard what you've said. What a powerful testimony. Almost. And so he has appealed to Rome for his judgment, because he's got Roman citizenship, and so... Agrippa has sent him to Rome and he's on this voyage because of, because of those circumstances. He's on these, he's on this ship as a prisoner. And so it is as a prisoner that Paul says in verse number 10, I, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much Damage. And so the centurion who is in charge of Paul, the charge of the prisoners, goes to the captain of the ship because obviously the captain is the expert when it comes to sailing, not the prisoner. And he goes to the captain of the ship and tells him and gets his opinion and the captain of the ship responds and obviously tells him that everything would be okay because they choose to sail. 
Can I just insert here for a moment? It's not the primary point of this message. But can I just insert? You need to be careful. Because the same thing happens in this world today. People go to the experts for guidance. And people go to those that seem to have the knowledge and the experience. And let me tell you something. A man and a woman of God may not have the same experience that the captain of the ship may have. But if a man or a woman of God has been in communication with God. And God has spoken. I can promise you, you owe it to your yourself to hear what the man or the woman of God says rather than what the experts say. Can I just say part of the reason our world and this country is in the condition it is in because men and women of God have stood in pulpits and declared the word of God and declared the truth of the word of God. But we've gone to the experts We've let the experts tell us what's right and what's wrong, what's okay and what's not okay. And we're now in a world that is shipwrecked. I said we are in a world that is shipwrecked. Used to, it was pockets of the world you would look at and say they're a mess. But I don't know of any place you can find today that it's not a mess in some way or the other. And so Paul says, we, we, we don't need to sail because I, I perceive what they didn't understand was this wasn't just his opinion. This wasn't just what he thought. This wasn't just because for some reason as the prisoner, it was self-serving for him not to go to Rome. He had a connection. He had a He had a word from God. Let me tell you something. You better count on a word from God any day over what some expert has to say. But they sail for a little while, as is usually the case. I didn't read it. I believe it's the next verse or the next couple of verses after verse 11. The Bible says there was a south wind that blew softly. And, and to the, to the master of the ship, that south wind was the confirmation. See that? You feel that? We'll be alright. I, I know what that means. I, I know that wind. I've experienced it before. And so, we're, we're gonna, I don't care what he says, we're gonna be alright. And so they launch out and as they're on this voyage, they encounter this great storm. And they end up shipwrecked. I, I just, I just wanna, I just wanna take a moment here to those of you that are in this sanctuary, to those of you that are watching live, and to those of you that may watch this message in the future. I, I'm not trying to be harsh or critical by saying this, but we, in my opinion, have so watered down what Christianity is all about. Because it, it seems to me that one of the great focuses of Christianity today is about making our lives better. 
It's about improving our lives. It's about sending your seed offering. And if you'll send your seed offering, God is going to multiply that offering. Does God multiply seed sown? Absolutely. But just because you send some preacher a thousand dollars don't mean you're getting a hundred thousand back. I believe it's James, if I'm not mistaken, the Apostle James says, I would above all things, brethren, that you would prosper. I want you to prosper, but that's where we stop. Because that sounds really great. God wants everybody to prosper. Drive better cars, live in nicer houses, wear more expensive clothes, go on better vacations, everybody prosper. But that that statement was connected to something else. I want you to prosper, but I want you to prosper even as your soul prospers. I want the prospering of your life to be connected to the prospering of your spirit. And it is possible to have a prospering life that is out prospering your soul. In fact, that's one of the tactics of the devil. He wants you to live a life out of alignment with the Word of God. And He wants things to go good and things to be great because then you feel like everything's okay. And so, I I, I, want to remind you here today, I doubt there's anybody that doesn't know this, but Christianity is not a ticket to a first-class voyage through life. Christianity is not about being in the best cabin on the ship with a butler 24 hours a day that at your beck and call you can get whatever you want. That's not what it's about. Sometimes you may have to, you may actually be like a stowaway on the ship. It's not uncommon. The course of history as ships would make their voyage across the Atlantic, that there would be people that didn't have the money to buy a ticket, they didn't have the means to do that, and they, they, they had no other way, and they were just trying to get to this country, so somehow they would sneak on to the ship, and they would find themselves someplace to hide away, and no doubt it was in probably the most unpleasant circumstances on that ship. Probably had to steal food somehow if they were going to eat. May not have even eaten for days and weeks at a time. But you see, they were focused on their destination. You see, we spend too much time focused on the journey. We're supposed to be more focused on the destination. Anybody ever gone someplace, work, business, pleasure, whatever... And the, and the trip there was not the most enjoyable. You experienced some hardship along the way. You, you had some layovers that were extended because of mechanical difficulty to the plane. You, you had some flat tires. You had some breakdowns. You had some obstacles, but you pressed on because of your destination. If you've never taken an overseas trip, especially to someplace like Asia and, and had 25 to 30 hours of travel time, some of that 
12 hours or so spent on an airplane, three or four hours in layovers, and another 10 hours or so on an if, if you've never done that, let me tell you something. You don't do that for pleasure. Especially if you're in economy. You got one little seat for 12 hours, no place to go. Try to sleep as best you can, slightly reclined. But you have a destination. This is not about the journey, folks. Because you, you might got, you might get a fairly enjoyable journey. You may be one of those few that God blesses with a nice cruise in first class. But I come to tell somebody today, and this is really not negative nor discouraging, but sometimes all you get is a plank. I got it. I know I'm old, but I got it. I could feel it. Should I let this go? He's kind of old and frail. I don't know. Sometimes all you get is a plank. But I've come to tell somebody as sort of negative as that may sound, there's a plank. When Paul said he spent a night and a day in the deep, commentaries say he probably spent that on a plank. Guess what? I got a question. Is there anybody... That doubts this would float if you put it in the water. Anybody? Anybody would? Anybody? I see one hand. I see another partial. Oh, got another hand. The rest of you are too wise. So I got, I got, but I, the, those of you that are not, in, 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 let's, let's put it this way. Anybody have your doubts that if we put this in the water, it would float? Anybody? Come on, be honest. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All you dishonest folks, not going to get anything from Jesus. You got to be honest. This will float. And I can tell you that because we had been over at the parsonage yesterday. My parents are out of town. We were over there swimming a little bit. And I knew the message that I felt for today. And I saw a stack of wood, and I thought, that looks like a plank. And I started just to get it and bring it and use it. And then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to double check it. So I went back to the pool, and I put it in the pool, and what do you know? It floated. And then I thought, well, I think it'll float and hold somebody up. I was already dried. I was about to put my clothes back on and leave. But I thought, you know what? If I'm going to preach this message with integrity, let's not just see if it floats by itself. So I got back in the water. And I put my arms across this, what is it, a two by six, two by eight looks about Two by eight. That's the carpenters that are all yelling that out. 
Us homeowners, we just guess. I got back in the water, and I'm not a great swimmer. I don't, my head never goes under in the pool. It goes under in the shower, it doesn't go under in the pool. So I did, I will say I did my experimentation in the shallow end. But I got back in the water, and I put my arms across this, and I floated around for several minutes on this plank. Some of you are so worried because you've been in shipwreck. But I come to tell somebody, look around somewhere. I know it's not what you, I know it's not what you dreamed of, but somewhere there's a plank. Because God's going to make sure. You may get in the water for a little while, but there's going to be a way. I'm telling you, we are in a shipwrecked world right now. And the ship that we've been sailing on is a mess. But if you'll just look around somewhere, there's going to be something to grab on to. And whatever the storm is, you can rest assured. God said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm always going to be there. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. That's not, that's, that is not what you came to be encouraged with this morning. <laughs> you did not come today for me to tell you there may be a shipwreck. You didn't come for me to tell you the voyage may not be just laid back sipping non-alcoholic cocktail, cocktails. Go get your non-alcoholic smoothie. Laying on the deck, taking in the rays. That may not be the voyage. There may be some peril. There may be some adversity. But somewhere, if you'll just look around, I don't care what the circumstances are. It may just be a plank. But I'm telling you, God's put a plank somewhere. And if you'll just grab onto that, He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I'm always going to be there even unto the end of the world. There's a book that came out several years ago. I was given it as a birthday or a Christmas present. I don't remember which one. The title of it was Unbroken. Anybody ever read the book or seen the movie? Wow. What a book. Here's the gist of it. The gist of it is during April 19, during an April 1943 bombing mission against the Japanese held island of Nauru, Luis, Louis Louis Zamperini is flying as a bombardier of the United States Army Air Force B-24 Liberator bomber when his plane is damaged in combat and a number of the crew were injured. The pilot brings the aircraft to a stop at the end of the runway despite suffering an exploded tire. Louis and the surviving crew and several replacements are sent on a search and rescue mission with a plane previously used for spare parts. One engine fails and the aircraft ultimately crashes in the ocean. Louis survives alongside two other crew members, Phil and Mac, floating on two inflatable rafts. Listen to this. On the 27th day, adrift, they attract the attention of a Japanese plane which strafes and damages the rafts but misses them. Mac dies six days later on the 
seventh day. Forty-seven days floating on a plank. Figuratively. Forty-seven days they get rescued. Unfortunately, it was not the best of endings because they got rescued by the Japanese. He went from that experience to several years in a prisoner camp. Horrible experiences. One of the guys in charge of the prison camp just seemed to have it in for him, put him through all kinds of torment and misery. But he made it through. Survived. Was set free. The war ended. Died actually just a few years ago, I think around 92 or so years old. Just a raft. <laughs> not, a, not a vacation cruise. A raft. Sometimes you got to make up your mind, I'm just going to hang on. If the only thing I can do right now is hang on. If all I have right now is a plank, at least I got a plank. If the only thing I've got is a plank to float along until a rescue comes, I'm going to float along because the Bible says I am more than a conqueror. And it may not be good right now. It may look not look good right now. It may be miserable right now. But the story is not over. And I've been promised a good outcome. And so weeping may endure for a night. I may have to float along for a night on a plank. But joy is going to come in the morning. I could do this probably with a number of you right now. I may do it with more than one, but the first one that pops to mind, oh, Sister Luann, there have been a few times where you were shipwrecked. There have been a few times where your her family was shipwrecked. You want to talk about a shipwreck, unexpected death of family members. Three. Wasn't, wasn't first class. Wasn't the voyage you signed up for? Anybody, come on, be honest now. Anybody ever gone on a trip, maybe a cruise or, or, or you flew or whatever and, and you, you, you didn't have a good experience and so you went to customer service and let them know? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, uh huh. Gave them a little piece of your mind. You might want to be careful with giving those pieces of your mind away. You only got so much mind. You know, somebody keeps telling you about giving everybody a piece of their mind. You might ought to go, ah, now, I get it. And I've watched, and I've watched others here this morning. I've watched some that are probably watching online and others through the years. I've watched them, Brother Barr. (laughs) They got knocked off the ship because their ship went down, but somewhere they found a plank. Somewhere they found something to hold on to. You see, the world says, if that's all you can promise me, what's the use? If that's the only guarantee, if all you can tell me is I'll at least have a plank, what's the purpose? I'll tell you the purpose, because there's something else that's coming after all of this. 
And you know what? If I get an enjoyable journey through this life, great. But if I end up just getting a plank to hang on to, to make it through, all of us can still say, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, what a glory. Glorious day. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Because no matter what my circumstances are, I know God's at the very least going to give me a plank. And I may have to survive the night in the deep, but again, weeping may endure for a night but there's going to be some joy that's going to come in the morning hallelujah Jesus you know we we hear so many people want to talk about the words of Jesus words of Jesus I just you know those red letters I just want to focus on those red letters do you do you really or do you want to just focus on some of the red letters Because some of those red letters say, in this world, in this world, you shall have, you are guaranteed to have tribulation. Be of good cheer. Because what you are in I have already overcome. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're going through, I just want you to know I've already overcome it. And the good news is, if you've got my spirit in you, then the one who overcame what I overcame is the one that's going to help you overcome what you're going to overcome. I, I I don't know about you, but middle of March, I kind of felt like the the ship we were on took a hit. I know I, I let me just I know the church is not the building. I know this is not. All, I, I get all that. I understand all that, but I I just felt like we we our world was rocked. Not only because of the things we had to change as far as what we could do, but but our lives individually. And I know there are some that when the, when the shipwreck happened a couple of months ago, the enemy crept in to say, we, hey, if God is so big and God is so powerful, why, how come he didn't stop this? How come he didn't prevent this? And, and, they've, and they've lost some faith. But I also know there's some that looked around and said, well, What I'm used to may not be what it was, at least for now. But there is something that I'm still going to hold on to. And I may have to just be tossed around and float for a while. The story is there were a few times in which Louis and his partners out in that raft floating around had to ward off some sharks. 
It's bad enough to be in the water floating on the plank. Doo-doo. 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 I've never seen it. I've just heard the music. Uh, anybody, anybody ever felt that? Anybody maybe feel that way today? You feel like you're out there just floating, hanging on. I mean, I'm just telling you, I, I'm, I'm really not sure some of you didn't raise your hand because you were confident it would float. You just kind of felt like you knew where it was going, so you kept your hand down. I'm just saying, that's my gift of suspicion. It's not a gift of the Spirit. I got to be on. When I picked it up, Brother Barr thought, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that don't look like a boat. That's not shaped like a boat. I mean, I don't know. Hence the reason, not just for your sake, but for my sake, I had to just see. Sometimes, sometimes God's provision for you is not the provision you were looking for. I'm going to say it again. Sometimes the answer God has doesn't look like the answer you were looking for. But you might want to take advantage of it. It's kind of like that story or whatever where the guy was in the hurricane and waters are rising and he praying for God to deliver him and he finally walks up on, gets up on the roof praying for God and there was a boat that came by and people came by at first before the waters came then a boat came by and then he's up on the roof and a helicopter comes by and declines all of the help because he's waiting on God to rescue him. And he drowns. And then he asked God, how come you didn't save me? God said, what are you talking about? I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter. You didn't take the answer. It's not very pretty. I'm definitely not buying no ticket to go on a voyage on that. But I tell you what, if it's going to get me through the storm... If it's going to bring me through to the other side, then I'm willing to grab on if it's just a plank. Because the bottom line is, he says there's always a way of escape. Not always the escape we want. But there's always an escape. There's always a provision. I may not be looking for the way God provides it. There's always a provision. And I can promise you this. More often than not, you're going to go through some troubled waters before you get to what God ultimately has. You're going to spend some time in the deep having to just hang on to a plank. But don't miss the plank. Because there's a rescue that's going to come. And again, that rescue may end up being for you nothing more than eternal life. Job says in one place, he says, All the days of my appointed time, am am I going to wait until my change comes? Job said, I know there's a change that's coming. 
But do you know what the context of that was for Job? When Job said, I know a change is coming, Job meant that about after death. I know God's going to change things when I die. Everything's going to be all right. And much perhaps to Job's surprise, there was a change that came not after death, but before death. Because everything he lost, God replaced it with two times as much. God gave him more children. And the Bible says that the latter days of Job were better than the beginning days of Job. Can I preach to somebody this morning that you've had some good days in the past and right now all you're doing is holding on to a plank the old song says you've got to hold to his hand God's unchanging hand you've got to hold to his hand God's unchanging hand. This is for you, Josh. You've got to build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. It don't matter what changes around me. It doesn't matter what chaos there is around me. It doesn't matter if in my life personally everything is falling apart. It doesn't matter if everything in my community and everything in the world around me is falling apart. I got a hold a long time ago of to an unchanging hand. And if I can just hold on to that that hand, the psalmist said it this way, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil because you are with me and I'm holding on to my plank. I may get tossed to and fro, but I'm going to hold on. I may get, I may get sunburned. Read that book, Unbroken. Man, there were times it seemed like just jumping off that raft into the water and drowning was a better option. Sunburned skin, starving, nothing to eat, no water to drink. I'm just, I'm just, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people that start off in Christianity and make a commitment to God. And not that it's not sincere, but when they make that commitment, there are expectations. There are dreams and visions of what's going to happen. I got a question. How many of you folks here today that, 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 that you've been walking with Jesus for, for decades? How many of you has it gone the way you hoped and expected? Do I need to repeat the question? I don't think so. Because watch this. How many of you has it not gone the way you had expected or hoped? Pretty much everybody. But you know what the problem is? Some didn't understand. There's going to be some times where I, we, we went on a, for, our, for my sort of a combination 40th birthday and and uh, 20, 20, 25th wedding anniversary between the, the church and my parents blessed us with 
my probably my dream destination all my life has been to go to Alaska. And so we got sent on an Alaskan cruise. And and so there was there was soft serve ice cream. Or was it no just the strawberry daiquiri? Is that what it was? The dish both, okay. Soft serve ice cream and virgin strawberry daiquiris. Please hear the virgin strawberry daiquiri part, i.e. no alcohol. All you wanted. I don't know how many times on that ship I said to my wife, do you want to go with me or do you want to wait here? Because I'm telling you right now, I got my money's worth. Because soft-serve chocolate ice cream and virgin strawberry daiquiris are two of my favorite things. I'm going to tell you something. That's when you're on the ship. And it's enjoyable. When you're on the plank, you're probably spitting out salt water. Because you're just trying to survive. And every now and then there may be a couple of waves that are a little bit higher than where you are. And you take a gulp. But if you'll just keep holding on. If you'll just make up your mind. If all I've got is just a plank. I'm going to hang on. Because I have a guarantee that the story is not going to end this way. When we get to, when we get to heaven. Just one moment in heaven is going to completely wipe away every hardship, every I I had, I I think I think one of my family members had told me about this. I think that's where I heard it from. Others of you probably have heard it, but this was just I think several months ago there was a young couple, a young apostolic couple and help me with the story if you guys remember what I'm talking about here um and and they had gone on i believe they had gone on their honeymoon and they had come home and walked into the house from their honeymoon or with i i think literally walked in from the honeymoon or within the very short period went inside and there was some kind of an gas explosion and they were both Burned very severely. And in my Explorer feed on Instagram, that's where random stuff pops up. Two or three days ago, they've got, a, they've got an Instagram that's basically their story. And, and she is, they're, they're taking pictures now. I don't know where his, his burns must have been on the rest of his body because he's, he was standing there in coat and tie. And as far as his face, it was, it was, the same, but her face completely burned. I mean, literally nothing but a one scar. And scrolled down a little ways and found one of their wedding pictures. She was an attractive young lady. Young couple, life ahead of them. 
I don't know where I don't know where they live. I don't know all the story. Just like that. I'm pretty sure she's had nothing more for a little while than a plank. There's no way there was any kind of expectation in their plans that that's what the journey was going to be for them. But it appears that somehow, by the grace of God, she has managed to grab a hold of a plank and apparently is learning the fact that it's not this life and it's not this body that ultimately matters. It's what's on the inside and it's the ultimate destination. And so if I don't get a first class trip to heaven, if I don't get all the strawberry daiquiris and soft serve ice cream I want along the way, if I get knocked overboard and all I can find is a plank, I'm going to work on being thankful for the plank because if I can just hang on there is going to be a day when everything thing I've had to go through when every test and every trial it will be worth it all when we see Jesus it will be worth it all when we see Christ one glimpse of his dear face all sorrow will erase so let us run this race till we see Christ let me just let me just insert this as I close for somebody. Because there's there's really a good chance. There's really a good chance that somebody here today or somebody watching right now, there's a good chance that you're out in the middle of the ocean hanging on to a plank. You're somehow just surviving floating on a plank. And you know what happens many times when you're in that condition? The devil comes along and starts accusing you and telling you the reason you're in this condition, the reason you're out here having to float along just hanging on to a plank is because you've made God so mad. You've got on God's bad side so much. This is his punishment. You see, Paul was in the ocean hanging on to a plank, not because of anything he did, not because of anything he had control over, but because of what others did. And I believe there's some folks here this morning, you're not shipwrecked because of your stubbornness. You're not shipwrecked because of your rebellion. You're not shipwrecked because of the sin in your life. You're not hanging on to a plank because God is upset. You've just had to encounter some circumstances of life. So don't miss the fact that God, it may just be a plank, But God has provided a plank. You just need to keep holding on. You just got to keep holding on. You've got to hold to His hand. We didn't practice this before church, so don't blame Him or me. God's unchanging hand. You've got to, I think it's probably too low. 
Uh, yeah, where you at? This is when you call on the praise team, right? Yeah. I'm gonna tell, I've already told him what y'all don't know is, is, is Josh practices stuff. So the other day he was in here in the sanctuary all by himself up here singing a little bit and he called for the praise singers to come. So I'm calling for the praise singers come and bail me out. You've got to hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. You've got to hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. Oh, build your hope on things eternal. You're gonna do hold to his hand. Oh, God's unchanging hand. You've got to hold to his hand. Oh, God's unchanging hand. You've got to feel your hope on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Say it this way.
His precious nail-scarred hands. Though I cannot see the way too clearly, and my steps become so weary, I'll keep holding to His precious Anybody today made up your mind one more time? I'm going to hold on to Jesus. No matter how much the storms may try to overtake me, no matter what the obstacles I may face, no matter how contrary to what I expected things may go, I'm going to hang on to those precious hands. If all I end up with is a plank to hold on to, I'm not going down. I'm not drowning. I'm not sinking. God's going to make a way of escape. In Jesus' name.